Thank you for tuning in to the Build Your House Yourself podcast. I have two batteries in my house. I run fridge, freezer, lights. For everything in my house apart from the air conditioner and water heater. And the two batteries can run for 10 to 12 hours. My name is Wale Oshinukwebi. I will speak on topics I have experience with from the public utility comms, protective devices to the various parts of your home. A lot of people actually combine the dining room and the kitchen together. Build Your House Yourself podcast. Welcome to the fifth episode of the Build Your Home Yourself podcast. We plan to show you how to build your own house in a pain-free and economically efficient way and even fun way. My name is Wale Oshinupwebi. I will speak on topics I have experience with and interview guest speakers and product managers on others. The objective is to demystify the process and elements involved in home construction so you can have the confidence to start that project or complete the one you already started. The main discussion will be in the form of a list with descriptions of the key components of the system or item under discussion. The topic for today is the building process. And I have uh, a guest with me, um, Atinuke Odofin. Tinuke is a partner at the Africa Law Practice and she is right now in the process of building our own home. You're welcome, Tinuke. Thank you. I'll ask you some questions which um, have to do with what you've gone through in the process of building. And um, the objective, like I said earlier, is to uh, show people that it can be done and it can be done without pain. So to start with, um, we'd like to know, where are you building? In the area formerly known as BI Extension and now known as Uniru. Okay, I, I know that area. So how did you acquire the land? What was the process of acquiring the land? Well, I, I cannot lie. I'm a bit of a trust fund baby. It was an inheritance. <laughs> no, that's okay. But uh, you had to go through some processes to... Um, I know, I mean, you are a lawyer, but what processes did you go through with the family and so on to validate or, you know, ratify the ownership? Well, I guess fortunately for me, um, because of my profession and the fact that my father was also a lawyer, I was sort of the person that was managing his properties. Um, so I had all the documents with me. All we had to do was uh, get letters of administration from Lagos State Government, uh, which we did. And uh, right now I'm the administrator of the estate, so it um, wasn't a difficult thing at all. So you didn't have any problems with Omonile and that kind of thing? Uh, the Omonile, the Oniru family. We are, we are so family no stress. Friends. Your family friends? Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. So, what was your, what was your experience with uh, getting building approval from the government? Well, unfortunately, I'm not family friends with the government, so that wasn't so straightforward. Um, it was, but the truth is that um, you have to rely on professionals to help you out. So, I did my best to rely on the professionals and just, you know, added my input when it was needed on my own professional level. It took about a year and a half, hmm. but uh, we got it done eventually. Eventually. Although, unfortunately, now we've uh, sort of made redesigns, which we've had to resubmit again, but hopefully that shouldn't take too long. Okay, so you got the approval before you started. Yes, I did. That's, it. that's the way to go. It's very important. You don't want the red X on your... <laughs> On your fence. On your fence. 
Okay. Did you employ an architect or a general contractor, uh, you know, for building and all the processes and all that? I got a full-service firm which had an architect and a general contractor, so it was a two-in-one process. Okay. Yes. So it's advisable to get a contractor who is also an architect? Well, not necessarily. I think I just um, liked the people I was working with, so I decided to continue with them. But, you know, it's always good to get a second opinion and not just rely on one person who will validate the other person's uh, findings. Yeah. But it worked for you. What you have is working for you. Yes, it is. Okay. Now, um, in which areas have you disagreed with your architect slash builder's recommendations? Have there been any disagreements at all? No, not at all. We've um, always tried to work together to find, you know, what makes sense, what is also cost effective, but still is true to what I want. You know, the, the issues um, one has with ladies at times, somebody has told me that, uh, look, that kitchen was designed by a man, usually when there's not enough space. Have you had that kind of um, alignment with your architect, who I assume is a man? Yes, and the kitchen was entirely my design. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. You know, so you, you had to tell him, this has to be here, and, and of, he, he agreed with you on that? Um, yes, he did. Okay. Which other areas have you had this kind of um, situation? Because I've heard also that bathrooms uh, for men can be tiny, for women can be tiny, and that kind of discussion. And wardrobes too. Women want a lot of wardrobes, shoe parking space and all that. How has that gone on with, with you and your builder? Okay, obviously you were there when we were having this discussion because it, <laughs> <I wasn't. laughs> it, was a, it was a bit of a back and forth on that. It wasn't a disagreement per se, just tweaking until it worked. I, I didn't think the bedroom needed to be a massive space. It just needed to be enough for the bed and maybe a few other things. But I wanted a big closet and definitely the big bathroom as well. And um, we eventually worked through that and then sort of like, made the layout in a way that made sense without, you know, taking up too much space and maximizing the little that we had. Okay, what I get from this is that you should feel free to tell your architect what you want so he or she doesn't offload some standard design to you. Well, it's, it's a, well, for some people, once-in-a-lifetime project. You don't want something that you're just managing when it's your dream home. So it has to be what you want. Yes, yes. Okay, now let's take it in another direction. Now, for materials, you know, who buys the materials? Sandstone, cement, and all that. Well, so far, we're still at the, um, the frame of the building. So that's still down to the general contractor. I think where it might now come to particular needs would be things like tiles and maybe particular taps, switches, and things of that nature where, I mean, those are the things that really make the house. Mm. And that's where I know I would have maximum input. Okay, do you plan to buy directly or point him to where you want him to buy from? Or how do you want to manage that? Well, a little bit of both because I understand the fact that a lot of their spread is made on the percentages of what they purchase. So I don't want to, you know, try to sort of like, you know, stiff anybody on their fees. So I will as much as possible point them out to where they can get things, except maybe it's sort of specialty items or things that have to be imported. Okay, I mean, that's, that's a good way to work because you're absolutely right. Um, they make some money from materials. 
And uh, if you try to cut that out, you may have to pay somewhere, somewhere else. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, that's what I wanted uh, people listening to understand because at times people insist on buying everything and leave uh, the contractor with no profit and he will find a way to make money off you all the same. Yeah, I think that's the way to go about it. Now, the other thing is that, is the pace of work satisfactory now? Do you think they're moving at a good speed? Because that's another issue of concern to be home homeowners. I would advise um, anybody that thinks that their architect is not all contractor isn't moving at a good speed to also realize that at times it's not good to rush this thing. It's a process that you should actually allow to sort of, you know, grow organically because you want to do something too fast, mistakes could be made and then you could end up in a situation where your building collapses or something isn't done according to code and, you know, you're basically screwed. Mm. Patience. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let it flow. Yes. Yeah, I think, again, I think that's the way that's the way to go about it. Now, from your experience, um, what should people look out when selecting a contractor? What should people look out for, I mean, when selecting a contractor? Well, first of all, um, the general opinion about the contractor, if possible, try and see some of the things they've done and verify that they've actually done it. You know, not that you just say, oh, you know, that points to something and say, oh, I did that. Just see their work. That's the best way to, to gauge Spend some time to yes. go out and see what they've done before. And uh, I think also to look at their qualifications and credentials because some people... It depends. You know, you might be talking to the business owner who is definitely not the qualified person, but they might be surrounded by qualified people. So. Mm. But anyway, I think the, 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 the acid test is to see the work that they've done before. Yeah. Okay, now, how do you ensure that you get value because you are not into construction, you are a lawyer, how do you ensure, how can people ensure that they, they get value, I mean, money and they get uh, what they paid for? To be honest, I, um, I'm one of those uh, sorts of live and, okay, well, that, that's, so that's <laughs> to be honest, I'm one of those people that believes that you should leave a professional to do what they say they can do and trust your judgment. If you don't trust your judgment, then you're going to be micromanaging. I, I don't want to micromanage. If I wanted to be a contractor, I'll be a contractor. I, I'm trying to make the money to continue the project, so <laughs> I'll leave the professionals to do what they're good at. Okay. Um, as we round up this discussion, one more question. Are you happy with what you have now? Can one ever really be happy? We always want more. That is the nature of who we are as people. But more, how do you mean? I don't know. You, you know, you might just be wishing that cement was a bit cheaper. Oh, okay. <laughs> but so far, the work, it looks okay. Yeah, it looks fantastic. How far have you gone now? It looks fantastic. We're on the second level now. Mm, fantastic. They've cast the slab. Yes, they have. Oh, fantastic. Good. So it's, it's moving well. It is. Um, we're, well, we're going up to four levels. We're doing a roof terrace. You know, where if four I, levels. Four levels. Fantastic. What do you plan to do in all the four levels? Well, um, there's parking at level one, and then there's a granny flat. Um, level granny one, flat? Granny flat. Oh, yeah, wow. Ground, yeah. Then level one, uh, living room, kitchen, master suite, uh, two spare bedrooms, and then the roof terrace at the top. Oh, okay. Open terrace. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah good one. Thank you very much um, Thank you. for joining us in the Build Your House Yourself uh, podcast. 
thank you, uh, Tinuke. We're happy to have you. And maybe we'll have you some other time to speak more about your project, maybe towards the end. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Good one. It was a pleasure. Yeah, that's good. Disclaimer. The material in this podcast is designed to educate and inform. It is not a substitute for professional advice. It may be incomplete and it is subject to change. The material may not apply to your own specific project. Please always consult a professional when building, buying land or property. <laughs>